Hello, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. Here, we believe success is inevitable and everything is possible. On each episode, we get real about the entrepreneurial journey and look at what it means to lean into your intuition, feel in alignment with your business, have coffee with resistance, and trust in abundance. We answer the tough questions. How can we show up authentically in business, with integrity in relationships, deeply seeking in our spiritual practice, and with grace in motherhood and beyond? This podcast celebrates the anti-hustle, healing from toxic productivity, prioritizing rest, and discovering tools that will support both your healing and business growth journeys. Your time and energy are precious resources, so thank you for being here. Your presence is a gift, and your business is thanking you. Get ready to get real, get honest, and keep growing. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm so excited um, to introduce you to today's guest. Emily Castle is an amazing coach. She's a leadership coach, a mentor. She has an incredible business that I want her to share all about. But I actually was guesting in her mastermind a few months ago and was listening to her speak about femininity in business and balancing the masculine and feminine. And I realized in that moment that I want to talk deeper and more about all of the things, but especially leadership and how we are really running our businesses from a heart-centered place and how to do better. So I'm really inspired by you. Thanks for being here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be with you. I always love when we get to collaborate or talk or anything. I just love you and your work in the world and you've been so helpful. I feel that for Yeah, right? I really do. I feel that every time we drop in, it's not very often, but whenever we do, it's really powerful and really meaningful. So for everyone listening, you are in the right place and you are in luck um, that we get to share this with you today. So before we drop in, I obviously have some things that I want to share and talk to you about, but I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our community. You do so many amazing things and what feels important to share now today. <laughs> mm, I love that. What feels important to share now today and sort of like who I am today and what I'm doing today is um, that I'm the CEO and founder of Woman Up, which is a leadership and business consulting company, but also a really vibrant and electric community of female founders from across the globe and also locally rooted here where I live in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, we're doing some really cool, innovative stuff, and I'm just really excited right now about all the things that I'm holding in the vision and the mission sort of under the radar behind the scenes within my heart at the moment that haven't even yet happened. So today and what feels important to share is that like I'm really leading a movement I feel of that just feels different and unique and special to anything else that I've ever seen or been a part of that exists at this moment and I feel it's really needed and really special. And I can feel that in our community, even though we're kind of just getting started. We've we've got a really amazing group of about 65 members, but it just feels really potent and really 
energizing at the moment. Mm, thanks for sharing. I can definitely feel that with Women Up. And I'd love for you to just share how this came to be, because the last time I really dropped in with you, Women Up didn't exist yet. And I've been watching sort of from the outskirts of how you build this and have really made this powerful leap from a personal brand and solo business into a much bigger brand that has like all of this new energy and excitement around it and just how you sort of made that transition and what was sort of the first step in thinking, okay, I want to, this is bigger than me and it's time to expand. Mm. Yes. Okay. So I've been doing this work as like a business strategist, leadership coach person (laughs) for, this will be my ninth year. And so it's been a long time that I've been like a personal brand and, and had this business that felt like it was really sort of centered around like me and what I can do and started to feel kind of limiting last year. And it started Mm -hmm. to feel like there was something different that wanted to happen. And there were some things that I had been doing for a while that like just decided to kind of stop working. And I feel like whenever that happens in our businesses, it's always an invitation and an initiation to like switch it up, get innovative, get curious, tune back into like, what are we really creating? And where am I holding my vision in a smaller regard than it wants to be. And so I started doing a lot of that work last spring and really excavating and asking hard questions and like talking to my audience and really getting curious and having a lot of conversations and asking a lot of questions of myself and others and sort of also looking at, so I was doing that on like a one-to-one like in the weeds level but then also i was looking at the landscape of the industry and what's changed and what's shifted in the last couple of years when it comes to the coaching industry when it comes to online business when it comes to business coaching specifically and what people's experiences have been what they're associating with either like positive negative neutral with um business coaching and I was learning so much. (laughs) I started to kind of put together these pieces around like, we need to do this better. We need to do this differently. Like people have had a lot of really icky experiences with so-called business coaches who are not actually very qualified, are not actually that well-versed in business, who just feel like this is like a get-rich-quick scheme because there's a story out there that like the only way you can make money online or the only way you can make money as a coach is if you're a business coach and then you need to charge these like astronomical rates. And it just felt like really a far cry from why I got started, which was really rooted in positive psychology and women's rights and closing the gaps for women that exist in the world, starting with entrepreneurship, because we have this sort of like blank space, open opportunity to, to do things differently, to blaze a trail and to really like set our businesses and our structures and things up in a way that really feels supportive in a way that, you know, other systems in our world haven't caught up to and won't catch up to unless there's an example of what that can look like and what that can be and how it can be different for women. So all of that to say, um, I started kind of feeling this like bigger 
pull this deeper call of like, oh, this wants to be something different. This wants to be something bigger. And, and I really want to establish like a category of one. I don't want to be playing in the spaces that I actually feel are quite icky. Like I want to create something totally different that has its own energy, that has its own ethos and culture that gets to be bigger than just me because it felt like as a personal brand that worked for a long time. I think that can work for people forever if that's the kind of business you want to build, which is amazing. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I want to be really clear about that. Not everybody needs to have like a brand and a more spacious expanded business. If that's not what you're going for, and we can make a lot of impact and do a lot of really beautiful, great work as personal brands. Absolutely. But for me, I just started to feel like there was this bigger thing that wanted to be born through me. So yeah. And I had started to host these like free meetups locally that just felt really organic and necessary. And I knew I needed it. And I could feel that like so many women had moved here to Charleston over the pandemic and had, you know, been looking for like community. I mean, our population growth was insane. And it was like a lot of women, a lot of women who worked virtually, a lot of women who own their own businesses. It was pretty profound. And I just felt like they need somewhere to go. A lot of the things had stopped that were happening. A lot of those opportunities had ended during COVID and never like fired back up. And I just felt like there was a space that I just had wanted to step into and was able to step into. And I did. (laughs) And it's working and it's going really well. So congrats. I mean, 65 members is no small feat for it being so new. So obviously it's gaining traction and I'm just really, it's so funny. Anytime I have a guest on the podcast, I am so trusting in the day that you book and when in my life I'm going to drop in because this is something that I am really working Mm -hmm. on right now. And so when I was like reading our show notes and what I had written down, the first thing was like pivoting from a personal brand to a bigger business. And that's like exactly what Mm -hmm. I'm doing in my business. And today of all days is the day that we announced the new agency. And so, um, (laughs) and here we are. And so I'm like sitting here, like, holding my breath and it feels really nerve wracking in a lot of ways because before it was all on me and for a very like type a controlling type of business woman that I am that worked really well because if somebody messed up it was me right if something didn't work if we didn't make the sale if a client was unhappy but now there's like this trust in the vision of authentic audience and I know you and I both believe this to the core, but I love the energy and mission of authentic audience. And I didn't name it Krista. I named it authentic audience, you know? And so even at the beginning when it was truly just me, there was this like bigger theme and this bigger opportunity. And I always had this dream of it being a collective of experts in their field that come together to support women in business and people in business doing amazing work. And I'm like, in that moment right now. So I feel really scared and it's not feeling safe in a lot of ways because I have no, like now it's out in the world and it's this bigger energy and I'm letting go of control. And I know it's the necessary next step 
in expansion. And like you said, calling in those things and you know, there's something bigger and you bringing these people together and just sort of letting it unfold. And there's a lot of trust that needs to happen there. And so even just listening to your process, I'm like feeling soothed in my nervous system. So I have a couple of questions I want to sort of go back to and unpack there, but just your overall process, I think feels really fluid and feels really authentic. And I know a lot of personal brands have a really big issue or growth edge or pain point when it goes to that expansion and your followers and your audience are just so used to it being you, you, you. And you're like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm stepping back a little bit to bring all of these other energies forward. And it's like, will they like that? Will they still trust? You know, will that still be there? And I'm Mm -hmm. feeling fear around it. And so to hear your process and hear you talk through it, one of the things that inspires me the most about you is your like soft approach to even just thinking like, this isn't working. I like, I'm a failure, you know, I'm, I, I have nothing to show people. My clients leave me like these stories and you're like, that's an offering and an initiation to, and it's like, tell me more about that, you know, and how I think, you know, you have this beautiful background in positive psychology, which I think really informs a lot of the ways that your psyche operates. And I find that to be really beautiful, but just based on what I said, I would love your sort of feedback on this process, which I think, like you said, in the typical way that we have been expected or structures to do business in a very masculine world and a very high intensity world, but we're doing something different here. So how do we navigate that like leap that needs to happen when that thing that we're getting to, we know, like, I know Mm -hmm. that's it, you know, but today I'm scared today. Mm -hmm. I feel out of control. And I was hoping you could talk to like that moment a little bit more when you were like, this isn't working things that normally are working are starting to fall through the cracks or not having the success that I had. And instead of doing the like Mm -hmm. self-deprecating you know, woe is me. How do we see those moments as opportunities Mm -hmm. like in the moment? Oh, yes. I love this. I think one of the most important things that's bubbling up as you're asking that is like the importance of innovation and disruption in your business. Even if it's just you, like if you aren't innovating and disrupting yourself, you are susceptible to so much change that is out of your control. Someone else will in the market, in the industry adjacent. And then if you aren't constantly like pushing, not even just the, like, yes, our growth edges, but I think we talk about that a lot, but I think truly like if you aren't creating something that serves your people better, if you aren't doing something that's like, oh, I've never seen this done before, but like, why doesn't it exist? And if you aren't asking the the important questions and getting ahead of change, you're just going to be in this like reactive response mode if and when it does happen. And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways for me of this whole experience, this whole pivot is like, wow, that's really freaking important. And we don't hear about that as much in like the entrepreneurial space. At least I feel like I don't hear people talk about that as much. I love that you're saying 
innovation instead of, so we, what I love about you and I is we're both business coaches and we're both very successful business coaches, but we have totally different styles, but then yet like cross over on some like really key points. And I talk about being open to pivot, the willingness and openness to pivot, right. And like pivot fast, pivot early. And to me, that still feels really masculine, but you're talking about like innovation and disruption. Like that feels more so like, so I think even the languaging around what we're saying, like you're saying we need to question how can this do better or do more versus like, Mm -hmm. I'm not enough, but that's not the problem. It's just that innovation in its definition, (laughs) right. And disruption, if we can like start to understand the energies of that, because, you know, I talk about the energies of business all the time, just hearing the word innovation versus pivot, pivot almost means, or I hear something's not working or something went wrong. And so we need to pivot, but innovation is like, no, it's great, but we always are looking to improve, you know, the quality and connection, Mm -hmm. et cetera, and value that we're providing to our customers. And that just lands different with me. Yeah, it lands different for me too. And I think, you know, I've said that before too. And I use that all the time, like permission to pivot and willing to pivot and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? When I think about it, just as you're saying that, I'm having this like light bulb go off for me, which is like, oh, pivoting means we're reacting to something that's already happened. We're like behind the eight ball and now we have to change versus innovation is looking at like, oh, from a lens of, accepting that business is always evolving. It's always going to change. That's just part of it. It's always going to be uncertain. We're never going to have all the answers. We're never going to know exactly what's next, but we know that it's constantly evolving just like everything in life and nature has always been, right? Like everything good is always rife with change. And I think what I've learned in the last nearly decade of being in business is it's always going to change. Evolution is the whole point. It's not just, but, but I think we think about it as like growth and expansion all the time, constant growth, linear growth, linear expansion, where it's like bigger, more, 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 more versus evolution, which includes cycles of death and rebirth at all the, all the points. Right. And so I feel like innovation and disruption kind of come into that conversation because it's like, we know a hundred percent of the time evolution is occurring. We know that that's going to happen. And as much as we can, how can we be forward thinking and actually leading our business and our mission and ourselves really, really well so that we're ahead of the game so that we're actually leading change in our industries so that we're being the change we want to see, right? Like that quote that we all have heard growing up forever. (laughs) But like, how do we actually embody that is we look for improvement before it's necessary and not in a way that's like, I suck and nothing I do can ever be good enough. But like, hmm, let's get curious about where is there a space that my gifts would be of greatest service and like, where can I show up and meet the needs of the people that I really want to serve? And what would that look like? And what is nobody else really doing? And what are the conversations we're all having, but not solving (laughs) like the challenges that we're having, but not really solving. And what does a solution look like in given these factors at hand? 
Yeah, I think that's really powerful. And, you know, something that you had mentioned is it's just being before the eight ball, right? And being before what industry trends are happening because Mm -hmm. it's not even really about that. And I think so oftentimes because what I do in my agency work is marketing and there are so many trends. And so it's just such a common theme and word like of industry trends and here's what's working. And I think it's helpful to you. I love data, right? Mm -hmm. So at, at, at that side of things, it's really helpful to think, okay, just baseline. If you're going to be spending time on social media and your goal is to reach new people, the most effective use of your time is going to be a reel versus a post, right? That's just like the fact. Mm -hmm. But then looking at these trends that we see come through of live quizzes or, you know, all these different like trends that we see that people are using to sort of opt people into their mission cause belief and when we're following trends, we're not following our heart. But at the same time, there's sort of this like middle ground of like, okay, but we don't want to go in a direction that's so obviously not working. And so I think it's the paradox, right? And that's what Mm -hmm. it always comes back to for me. And it's not black and white. But I just think that the way that you even speak it and the language that you use is really important. And every time I talk to you, it's just like a word or two that's exact. We're saying the same thing, but it feels different. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit more to that idea of maybe, maybe it's coming from positive psychology. What is positive psychology? Like, (laughs) how did you learn this? Does it come naturally to you? Because I think a lot of mission driven women get stumped here in Mm -hmm. this sort of paradox and loop. And how do we get out? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think there is just a lot of nuance, you know, like entrepreneurship and leadership is full of nuance and our brains want to make it black and white. We want a right and a wrong. We want do this, not that we want five-step solutions, you know, like that sounds really great. And then you try that enough times and you realize like, this only leads me further away from what's true for me and what's real and what's aligned for me and what feels good and what feels regenerative in my system, right? I think for me, where that comes from is like hard won experience. And also, um, I think my background in like positive psychology and, and coaching, I think a lot of people, just something I'm noticing is like a lot of people don't realize that coaching is like an actual skill set. Like we think it's like something that we just do for people, but it's actually like a very, like there's a method creating transformation happens through a skill set. And I think it's really clear for people, or maybe it's becoming more clear. People are becoming more discerning through having experiences both on the great side of things and not so great that like anybody can technically call themselves a coach of any kind, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have the skills to be able to be effective. So I think there's that. And I think also for me, like my, another part of my background is in sustainability. And so I think of business as like an ecosystem and how can we create a thriving ecosystem that functions harmoniously and cohesively and how can we like bridge any gaps or eliminate disruptions that are not helpful in 
the ecosystem of a business. So I think about it like that. And that probably has something to do with the way that I look at it from like a systems perspective. Yeah. Um, It is quite different than the way that I see it. And I always value your perspective because we just have totally different backgrounds. And my background Mm -hmm. was always in storytelling. You know, I worked in film and TV and I was an assistant Mm -hmm. to everyone. And so I like have this ability now to just know what people need before they need it. And that's now made me the amazing coach that I am. Like I can sense what you need and that's just not something that can be taught. And it's just been 10 years of, you know, when I was working on TV sets, I literally used to watch the second AD who was my boss at the time. And I would watch him from across the set and I would see him sort of look around or need something before he went to the walkie talkie Mm -hmm. to ask for it. And so I was already halfway to doing the thing that he needed done before he called for it for like all the PAs to like come running. And so I was just there, I was there and I was present and all that required was instead of me spacing out on my phone, being like present with the person that I'm there to serve and like knowing what he needs before I need it. And that has just translated over years of being an assistant and like being that person that is there to support. And now all of a sudden, I know what people need. And at the same time, I think when we are so in our own mission or dharma or purpose, it can be really hard to like see ourselves in that. And so Mm -hmm. when I'm coaching somebody else in their business, it's like so obvious what needs to happen, what I can share. And I think the sort of funny, the funny piece about this is I'm blind in a lot of ways with my own. And so I always say coaches need coaches (laughs) and, you know, every coach needs a coach and my investment in mentors and coaches is what truly has gotten me to where I am in business and in life because they see your gifts and they're able to like create innovation and disruption. And I think really that's what makes a great coach. And it's somebody who's just there and present and sees these gifts. But I agree with you that there's just a lot of noise. And to me, I see this as a good thing because it means there's a lot of opportunity for discernment, like what you were Mm -hmm. saying. And when there's just five coaches and those are your only options, like, okay, now it's this incredible industry. I think it's billion dollars that people are spending every year. And you really get to find the person and the leader that works for you. But when you are a coach, so for my coaches, healers, you know, the people doing this work, listening, I do find it to be really valuable to hear other coaches speak about their own leadership journey. And specifically, I love, I love a lot of what you say about leadership. I just watched one of your leadership masterclasses on women up. And I think that there's just a huge opportunity for conversation here. And I don't even really know what I want to ask other than like, what does leadership mean to you? right now today as you are no longer a personal brand you have this other mission but you're still very much like the speaker the messenger right the face in a lot of ways and you're making that transition and what are you learning like what feels important to share around leadership right now because i just find us to be in such an interesting moment of technology and humanity 
that feels really exciting, but the unknown is scary to me. And I'm guessing it's not for you. <laughs> and so for <laughs> me, ways, the unknown yes, but... feels very scary. And my most recent lesson in surrendering to the unknown was having my baby girl, because I truly felt because I couldn't see it, that something would go wrong. Mm. I was like, this can't be real because I can't see it. I couldn't Mm. see myself like changing her, holding her. Like I couldn't understand what that felt like. How could you? But Mm -hmm. because I couldn't see it, I, my like gut reaction or sort of default was to be like, they must go horribly wrong then. Mm. And what I've learned is, and how we translate this to our businesses, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. But what I've learned in the unknown is what if it's more beautiful and amazing than anything that your brain could have even comprehended or imagined. And how do we stay in that space as leaders? Because for me, the unknown, even launching the agency today, I don't know how people are going to react. That feels scary versus exciting. And Mm. that's sort of a loop that I get stuck on. And I know a lot of people that I work with, especially coaches and mission, mission driven business owners, you know, fall into this sort of trap of, what we think we should be doing versus like being open to this innovation. So my question is a, how to find more safety and sort of comfort and excitement in that unknown as we grow. And then secondary to that as a leader, how we can like support that when it feels scary ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great questions. I think so the first I'll answer the first one first, which is like, how do we get comfortable with uncertainty? Mm-hmm. I think it really comes down to self-trust. You know, I think we don't actually ever know what's going to happen. And at the end of the day, like we can think and plan and strategize all day long, but we never really know. Like yeah. we never know how it's going to go. We don't know if it's going to rain or not. Like we don't know, you know, we pretend to know like all of our it's human. It's so funny you use that example because I'm like, my husband calls me the weatherman mm-hmm. <laughs> because every day I'm like checking the weather. Like I have some control yeah. over it. And he's right. like, you always know, like, is it going to rain at three o'clock or whatever? And even for me, just knowing What's going to happen with the weather makes me feel in more control, but you're just saying it. We don't know. The weatherman doesn't even know if it's going to rain. It's the weather. Well, it's, you know? it's interesting though, because as humans, we're so conditioned to like look for knowing and certainty, right? It's like what what we orient our entire existence around pretty much. Right? So like, it makes sense that you feel that way. It makes sense that we all would feel that way. I don't know from, from a young age, like I started my business at 22 and went full time, not knowing what the hell I was doing really, you know, like I thought I knew, but I didn't know what I didn't know yet. And was just kind of like, let's go do this. And I knew like something in me knew from a, at that age at 22, that like the longer I waited, the harder it would be to make, to take that risk, right. To the more would be at stake. I might have a car payment. I might, you know, my rent would be higher, like all these things at 22 that you're like, well, this is probably just going to get harder to make this choice to be courageous later. So Mm -hmm. for me, I think of it that way. I think whenever we know what we need to do, 
the shorter we can make, like the more we can train ourselves to make the distance between knowing and trusting and acting like as short as possible, the better off we will be. And that requires like self-trust. And then it requires in order to build that self-trust, taking risks, not like throw yourself off a cliff risk and hope you grow, grow wings on the way down, but like calculated risk or like wherever is a little bit outside of your comfort zone at first and training yourself and reconditioning yourself to know that like that's safe and you'll survive and you you've got you every single time and i think that self-trust takes us so far um because at the end of the day we don't know what else is going to happen or who's going to be there what's reliable what we do know or what i always lean back into is like I know I can trust myself. I know that I'll figure it out. I know that I'm resourceful. I know I'm pretty smart. I know I've done a lot of hard things that a lot of people haven't. I know that like I have an amazing community of people who I can lean into if it doesn't go as planned and we can decide what to do from there. And also I think anytime we take a risk or lean into uncertainty, what we're really gaining is like more information. We're just getting information. And I think we can kind of neutralize that for ourselves and say like, okay, so if this launch doesn't have the response that I'm expecting or desiring, that's really good information of like, where can we, what levers can we pull to have a different outcome next time? Or what can we tweak? Or where did we miss the mark for people? And how can we get curious about what they might be desiring or needing right now and how we can meet those needs? I mean, I think that's such a great answer. And when I get really quiet, like self-trust, yeah, I trust myself, right? And it's just all this noise that sort of gets in the way of that self-trust. And I love the idea because we all have had that experience where we like have this knowing, but then it takes us time to act on it. And in that time, you just feel icky. You feel inauthentic. You feel, you know, it just doesn't feel good. And so shortening that I think is such a like tactical and supportive answer because that's something, okay, like what is it in my life that I am sure of that I know that I self-trust and that I'm not acting on? or that I'm not pivoting or innovating, mm-hmm. right? When I'm mm-hmm. feeling this, I think that's really powerful. And the the biggest thing that I always come back to though, when I speak to you is how strong you are in the feminine. And when I mean feminine, I don't mean like gender. I mean like the feminine versus the masculine. And I think to be in self-trust requires us to be in that feminine of surrender, of receiving, of openness, of willingness to innovate, right? That word, even innovation lives in the feminine verse. I feel like pivot lives in the masculine. And (laughs) I come back to this because I find that the most successful business owners I know are doing a really great job at balancing both. They are the banks to their own river. And I definitely see that for you. Like you do really strategic things within your own business, within your own growth, within strategy. It's very like, you know, based on numbers and data and that side of business, but your demeanor and sort of your energy every time we talk, I like it, it my nervous system sort of like comes back down. 
And for somebody who's not naturally there, or maybe for somebody who is naturally there, for me, the power and the magic lies in the balance of the Mm -hmm. two. And so I'm always trying to support my clients with balancing the masculine and feminine. Fortunately for me, most of my clients are operating in their feminine all the time and they just Mm want to like flow and launch and post. And so I can come in, in my masculine, which also society has rewarded over and over and over and over again, this Mm -hmm. behavior. And I've literally been rewarded for being this like outspoken extrovert, you know, output, masculine, direct, et cetera. But in the times that I actually am able to quiet my nervous system and drop into the more feminine side of my life and business, it's always where the magic happens. Because for me, as somebody who's naturally over here, balancing that means like really focusing on more of the feminine because this Mm -hmm. comes so naturally. So do you see this in your business with your clients? Do you find that as a leader, this plays a role. I would just love to talk to you more about it. Cause for me, it's like so obvious mm-hmm. whenever I connect to you, even just the sound of your voice and the way that you speak, it's just really soothing for somebody like me. Hmm. And I'm sure for everybody, right. <laughs> but for somebody like me, I I'm like, so. whoa, <laughs> that's great. I love it. Like, what would my life be like? You know, yeah. is what I always find myself thinking. I mean, probably pretty normal. I feel like I don't have like (laughs) that crazy of a life. Um, pretty slow, pretty easy. That is crazy to me. (laughs) Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, yeah. Like having a slow, normal life sounds crazy Mm. to me. Come on over. (laughs) I don't remember what your question was now. My question is just like in your own work as a coach, like, do you see this theme? Like, is it as obvious to you as it is to me? And like the importance of balancing that as we are leaders, you know, I have people on my team that are so deeply like creative and sensitive and cool and like trusting. Mm -hmm. And then I have other people on my team who like need, they're like very structured and incentivized and, you know, all this stuff. And it's just, so how do we lead Mm. from this space? And then we have our natural state, you know, and I do everything I'm always thinking about comes back to energy. And so balancing those masculine and feminine energies, it gives me language for it. You might call it something else. So I just wanted to know your take on that. And if it's as obvious to you. And when you think about those two sides of business, like how you support your clients in that way. Yeah, totally. I see it absolutely a hundred percent of the time. I think it's a really important thing to be harmonizing both Mm -hmm. at all times. And some situations are going to call for more of one kind of energy than another. And I think being in that intimate relationship with knowing ourselves really well when it comes to how we lead and how we how we lead well and how we want to show up in business and what our values are and it's like all this pre-work under the surface to be able to do that i think um and to be able to do it well and like stay in the flow of what does it of that. mean for you to like lead well mm. when you say to lead well like yeah. what does that mean i think it means to lead in a way that you're really proud of and that's also effective and impactful for others. And then beneath that, it looks like understanding like how you want to show up, what's the difference, what's the impact you want to make, understanding your mission, understanding like 
what is your actual message and how do you convey that in the right way? And it comes into like your offers and how you serve and what, what you offer and how you sell and client experience and client journey and how you interact with people and what boundaries you have. And it's all of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like such a hard thing. I think leading well kind of encapsulates so much for me, but when I really say that, what I mean is that there's, it's like living into the nuance of continuing to grow and evolve as a leader and know that like, you're going to mess it up sometimes. And who do you want to be on the other side of that? Mm -hmm. You know? I think that's a really important piece because we're not going to be perfect. Like I recently, um, my team will laugh if they hear this, but I rage loomed my team recently. Um, (laughs) so, and it was like, you know, a lot where anyone who's ever launched anything knows. Mm -hmm. And it was just a moment that I was having and there's something glitching. And so the only thing I could think to do is record a loom explaining what was going wrong. But insert, you know, some rage and just like heavy emotions (laughs) into it. And, um, we're human. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's a joke, you know, my, my team knows, like, I get really emotional about the business. I am really attached to it and I'm doing my very best every day. And I think that's what we can do is just, we're doing the best we can and how we handle it on the other side. Like I knew the second I sent that, that that was not a quality in a leader that I want to embody. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> we're human, yeah. you know? And so now I joke, it's a rate, like, don't, don't literally don't watch my rage loom, you know? Yeah. And they didn't. I only one of them did, poor thing. And um, now we're laughing about it and I'm talking about it and it's fine. And I think when it comes to making mistakes, and this is something that I have learned, not only working with clients, but with within my own team and in all of these different capacities, mistakes will be made, period. Nobody is perfect. Mistakes will be made. Your humanity will show through. We all Mm -hmm. have these wounds and triggers and things that make us act a certain way out of the space that we authentically want to be Mm -hmm. acting from. But what I always say, especially to my team, is when everything's going great for our clients, like that's not when our true colors really get to show because everything's going great. But when something does go wrong or a campaign gets pulled offline or it's just not converting and we're literally shocked, you know, like this is this what we gave it our best shot. It's how we respond to that mistake, to the missed invoice, to the whatever insert Mm -hmm. mistake here that I think actually leaves the impression for people. And so if you don't have bumps and you don't have little sort of glitches, then there's not really an opportunity for you to step into your power as a Mm -hmm. real leader or, you know, whatever it is that you want to be in that moment. And so for me sending that loom, I like taught myself the own lesson, you know, in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then I think how you come out from the other side is actually what really matters because we're going to fuck up. It's going to happen. I tell my team that all the time. And I think people are so afraid of Mm -hmm. making mistakes. So I think that's something really powerful as a leader and coaching leaders in business is how we coach people through making mistakes, not don't make mistakes, but how do we, how do we actually handle this and come out better than we started? And I think that that's 
a really powerful lesson. The other thing that I'm learning right now in leadership is coaching live. So like live feedback, this is like a new concept to me. So I wanted to share it with you and then ask, you know, something that has really stood out to you and my mentor and leadership coach, this is something that's really changed. But like, if somebody on my team, if I'm like unhappy in any way with something that's going on, one, she says it's my fault because I have not communicated my needs, my expectations, or provided the tools that my team needs for that to happen. So one, I get to take responsibility for that. But two, she has me coach live time. So say you and I get on a call and I can feel your energies off or like you sent an email yesterday. I'm not, I'm like, Hey, I want to just talk about this right now. Or I'll like, er, what's going on? That mm-hmm. was weird. That fell off. And that's really a new idea for me instead of being like, Hey, can we talk? Right. Mm-hmm. Or like, Hey, can we set a meeting on the cow? Which like puts this prana and energy into it mm-hmm. versus this like live time feedback, which I feel like holds us all really accountable mm-hmm. in our own truth and our ability to communicate real time. But I know that some people have to process, right? Some people aren't able to communicate how they really feel. So in terms of just helping teams or your clients through bumps, mm-hmm. what are you seeing in terms of like leadership strategies or what have you been sharing or, you know, focusing on with your own clients that feels like different or innovative because Mm -hmm. for me that coaching lifetime that Mm -hmm. was a new concept to me I'm like I can do that and (laughs) I get really excited by that you know like oh there's this new way not everyone's doing it this way we who cares let's try it and so in terms Mm -hmm. of like leadership ideas when you're you know walking through bumps Mm -hmm. um that's something that I'm definitely in as a growth edge because I went from a one-woman show and now I'm a, I'm a leader to my team. That's literally my job right now as a CEO is to like be the visionary and steer the ship. Mm-hmm. And I find that being sometimes much harder most days than just um, editing a really great sales page. <laughs> yeah, right. It is it is definitely more challenging and, and in different ways than it is to be like the technician in your business than to be like the visionary CEO and leader, right? Like it's a different skill set. And I think what we don't often realize is it is a skill set. Like we do have to learn how to show up in those ways and be effective as a leader and communicate and delegate well and organize ourselves and our team and set things up. And I mean, like allow things to be easier from a higher perspective and, and set things in motion and set standards and hold them and hold people accountable and hold ourselves accountable and all of those things and have hard conversations all the time and make big decisions that require like a lot of different angles of perspective and um, a lot of trade-offs you know, I, I think the the bigger we grow and the more advanced we become in our leadership, the more we recognize, again, nuance and constant evolution is just always present. And I think that like ongoing skill training is so critical for us as leaders, like constantly having a refresh around those things or having somewhere to go, whether it's to a coach or to a community that's led by someone who's, who's great at this, you know, and who can people who are also in that same boat who can share, like, here's what worked for me. Or like, have you tried this and Mm -hmm. bounce some ideas around and sort of cross pollinate ideas that way. 
is so critical. And honestly, I'm like, where is everyone going to do that? Like, I know that we weave that into- I was into, just about to like, ask, like, because what one thing we talk about a lot is cross-pollinating of ideas. And as you're talking, I'm like, man, I feel so alone though. Yeah. And we do, it's right? Like it's lonely like, at the top. You know, we totally. hear it's lonely at the top. Oh, woe is you for being at the top. It's like, no, it's like, I am, I feel so lonely right now. Mm -hmm. And I've never been surrounded by a bigger team. Like I finally right, have this right. team and yet I feel totally alone. And yeah. I think that is such a common, you know, we use this word growth edge for people expanding their business, going all the way back to the beginning of this conversation. When you go from being like sort of a one person solopreneur or even personal brand into this like expansion that, you know, is Dharma, you know, it's right. Mm -hmm. Like the trust is there, but you're still in it as a human and it's lonely. Mm -hmm. It is lonely. And I think it is isolating and it can be because who like, unless you are in that same position in your business, it's not really relatable. <laughs> you know, like if, you know, even if it's the person on your same team, they hold a really different role and a totally different set of responsibilities and a totally different perspective and angle. And what they're looking at is really different. And the questions they're asking are really different than the ones that you're asking as the leader of the whole thing. And I think it's really important that we tend to those things that are really actually only ours that only we can do as leaders, which is like checking back in with the vision, establishing the values, setting the tone of the culture in our organization, even if it's two people. Um, it matters. Like all of these things, they matter so much. And that's why like intentionality in leadership is so important. It's not a title. It's actually like a way of being a way of thinking and a skill set. And I think we don't, realize that until we're already in it. And then we're like, Oh my God, what do I do? Like a big, a big mistake happened. And I don't know how to respond. And like, how do I navigate this? And if we're in it alone, when those moments happen, which they inevitably will, we feel like crushed by it. And a lot of people, I think those are the moments where people actually give up. Or right? rage loom. <laughs> or rage loom or do something that's really reckless not that a rage loom is reckless, but do, you know, it, feels, it, it was really in the moment. It was not the time. And I think the, I just realized the name of this podcast and you're speaking, it's, it's not feminine leadership. It's intentional leadership. That's what it is. Yeah. It's intentional leadership. And that's the word that I would use to describe you when you're thinking of what to share, what to say. Like I, I'm always watching you speak, even in the masterclass, it's like, um, it's so intentional. And had I thought about the intention in that moment, right, I could have taken a step back. And so how mm -hmm. can I be more intentional in my leadership, in this email, in this post, whatever it is in your business, mm -hmm. within your team, within the relationships that you're trying to build? I think that is like really the secret sauce. And what I keep mm -hmm. learning from you is the intentionality. And we all have that. And like you said, as a leader, like that, nobody else is focused on that. They have different KPIs. They have different optics that they're yep. looking at. But I get to see and use this opportunity to be really intentional. And that is the gift of you, I think, as a coach, is you bring that into your teaching. And as you're speaking, I'm like, oh, right, that's the word. Like, there it is. It's intentionality. I'm trying to call it all these things. But I know when you and I speak, you know, I, I really like words, you know, like words create mantras and thoughts. And that turns into these incredible ideas and offers. And so 
just changing the word from pivot to um, like some huge nuggets, you know, changing from pivot to innovation, pivoting versus innovation, like self-trust, intentional leadership. It's like, oh, we can do this, you yeah. know? And so <laughs> it feels really good to see it out there working and you really standing in this because it's so clear that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing, which is so different than the last time we talked, but mm -hmm. same, same, you yeah. know, it's the evolution. Yeah. And it's those like micro shifts that you're like, oh, like this, you know, like it's just like Got one it. degree right. different. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's a big freaking difference. You know, like it feels so different. Yeah. I mean, I just really enjoy talking to you. And I think that wherever anyone is in their business, whether they work for somebody or they're in charge, like we're all, you know, just doing the best we can. But like you said, like ongoing training, ongoing skill set, like ongoing checking back in. And I don't think leaders are doing that enough, specifically leaders, because my team, mm -hmm. let me tell you, they're super like in that state of like one of my team members right now is doing a graphic design course. The other one is doing this like money healing. They're doing it. They're doing the work. But as a leader, when you get to the top, don't, the work doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. in, in fact, it is even more. And I think having a coach or joining a community or being a part of women up or something where you can cross pollinate ideas I think that this is a huge concept and we're just not seeing enough of it. And you have literally inspired me to be like, why am I not doing this in Santa Cruz? <laughs> yeah. Like I have this idea. It's so funny. It's the micro shift. So the idea my best friend and I are working on in Santa Cruz is like sort of like a swankier for Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz is very roots. And so swanky, you know, means something different here, but like a lounge type of co-working space that has like amenities and these things that like help us come home to ourselves. For me, it's like the steam room and the cold plunge and, you know, having that like nice cold water to sit down and work on my laptop. Like there's something inspiring and exciting about that. But what is actually exciting about this is community. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that is the thing that has shifted since COVID that I find, and you noticed it a year ago. And that's what you're doing now. And I just recently was like, I want to invest now that I've created this agency model. I actually am removing myself in many ways from the day to day. Mm -hmm. What feels exciting? And it's investing in my local community. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, I need to create a brick and mortar space, right? That's where I went. But this micro shift is like, why don't I just host a meetup? Like, why do I have mm -hmm. to like create a business plan for right. this? Like, whole, why don't we just start by like, you know, hosting meetups and connecting in this way, because like you said, like the intentional community among women, especially go on retreat, you sit in a circle in real life with 10 other women and like mountains move. Yep. Every freaking time. And it can be the smallest things that you're like, oh, every time I have a meetup or an event with women, it's like one amazing who shows up and how they needed to meet each other. That's yeah. my favorite. Me and then too. also it's like yeah. every time I lead these um, meetups very intentionally, of course, and there is a structure to it that people are like, oh, I've never been to something like this. And everybody has an opportunity to share who they are, what they do, 
what brings them here, what they need, what would be helpful right now. And so we run it almost like a mastermind circle, but But like very abbreviated in real life. What a concept. I find that that is where I want to spend my time right now is in person. Yeah. And so I love seeing these exciting models. Now it's gotten me like, what if I had an hour or 90 minutes or two hours on a Wednesday? Like, there's so much I could bring to that. Like, mm-hmm. and it, if it wasn't for this cross pollination of ideas, you know, you're just mm-hmm. in it alone. So I just appreciate you so much and everything that you say. And I'm such a cheerleader. Thank you. I appreciate you and love you and your work in the world. And I'm so excited for your launch and all the things that you'll do. And yeah, yeah like host a meetup, get some women together and do something that like yeah, you would do in that future too, space. I think, I think, you know, my, my friend Tiffany, she, um, has this amazing candle company in apothecary, but she's mm-hmm. expanded that into now hosting events in real life. And guess what? You get a candle as you leave, but the intention is the community. And I think mm-hmm. coming back to the intention is so huge. So I'm walking away with so much from this. I feel so grateful for you. I just want to do a quick, um, honestly, out of my own selfishness, wanting to know these answers, just a quick rapid fire, because I would love to know Ooh what you're yeah. reading right now. Ooh, what I'm reading right now. I have like 10 books on give me, my, give me the ones <laughs> like that feel so like exciting. Um, well lately, honestly, this is like totally not the answer you're probably looking for. No, I'm I've sure it's reading... exactly the answer. So have you heard of Libby? No. The app. Okay. So it's like an audio book app that you can get that you get everything for free through your local library. So you can set up like, I have heard of this, heard of this. Yeah. I was like, what have I been doing for years? Like how long has this existed and why haven't I had it? So I've been like playing in like fiction books and like all these other books that I wouldn't normally like pay to buy on Audible because usually I'm paying to buy the ones that are like essentialism and how do you run a business that I'm going to like refer back to as reference later. We can Um, use this as a business expense, I swear. (laughs) Yeah, we can. But also like, I'm like, oh, all these great books from like local female authors who are like I love a book with a sense of place. So I've been reading ones that are like, there's this really great author, Christy Woodson Harvey, who lives in like North Carolina, but writes about like North and South Carolina, like locally rooted stories or like Georgia. It's Mm -hmm. just great. I love her work. So I've been reading a lot of that and it's like soothing because it's not, I notice when I listen to like my tendency is to have on like a podcast and a this and a that and that, and then I'm like inputting all of this stuff. And then I feel overwhelmed because I'm not actually doing things. I'm actually just like absorbing way too much information. So that helps me. I think that's that. a great reminder. <laughs> I only read that type of book, like when I'm on vacation and I like yeah. save them up, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Ooh, Colleen Hoover, or I just did Malibu rising. And it's like, yeah. why can't I read that in my own backyard on like a Wednesday evening? No, Absolutely. but I have to be reading my, like, um, the, the art of power or like some type of like personal growth, self-development, like type mm-hmm. of experience in order for it to like be productive, which is a whole nother conversation. But mm-hmm. I love that you just gave us all permission to dive deeper into that kind of reading because I agree. I mean, the the books that are like really meaty, I 
take months to read. And then, you mm-hmm. know, the ones that are like what you're talking about, I'll yeah, read it in like a few candy. hours. It's like candy. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. But it's like That's good such- for you, candy. Totally. It's great. Why aren't we doing that? Um, I'm also reading a book called Soul Craft. Mm. I started reading. And the same author, I think it's Bill Plotkin, has a book called The Journey of Soul Initiation that I'm looking at right now that I haven't opened yet, but it's like the second in the what a vibe. I love series. It. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> and who are you most inspired by right now? Like either whether it comes to following online or just reading their work, or like who's really like moving you in the world? Hmm. Great question. I feel like I've been in my own little creative bubble of like, just like, I'm actually really inspired by two people. Well, two companies slash people. One is my copywriter who I brought on to do, like she just delivered the first phase of words for Woman Up and I'm like freaking out. I'm so excited <laughs> to like put all of that out there. Yeah. Um, but her company is called Lady Folk and she is based out of somewhere in the Midwest. I want to say Wyoming. She's also a Woman Up member, which is amazing. Like so yeah. great. Yeah. And then um, Workplay Branding. Do you know of them? No. They're based this is out why of- why I ask these questions. Yeah. They're based out of Miami, okay. but they have photographers and content creators like all over the country, but it's a mom and daughter team. And I hired them in December and now I'm working with them um, to do like really beautiful branded like photo shoots and video shoots four times a year and for them to kind of like map out my content for me so that it can be easier. So I love the way, like look into their model. It's so innovative and so awesome. And it just like, is this really beautiful way that they're creating a solution for something that feels really disjointed typically. And such Um, a pain point. I mean, I'm like, man, what an amazing idea. Thank you for sharing. This is why I Mm asked, what are you reading and who are you watching? You know, in terms of (laughs) who's moving you, because that's, you know, I really feel that what we are inputting, like you said, is like having a bigger effect than we sometimes think. So absolutely. Thank you for sharing. Thank you Mm -hmm. for being here. How can we find more of you? What's the CTA? Give us the goods. Yeah. Um, So you can find me at woman up on Instagram, W M N U P no vowels, except the U. And you can also find me on Instagram on my personal account, which is at Emily Castle official. Um, yes. And you can find me on my podcast also, which I forget to mention that exists, which is called like nobody's business. (laughs) You can find that wherever you're listening to podcasts, wherever your favorite platform is. Um, and then you can find everything else on my website at womanup.co co. Got it. Mm Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for dropping into our worlds wherever you are listening today. This was such a beautiful and much needed journey that we went on and it just all came back full circle from where we started. And I'm just grateful for you always. So thank you guys for listening. Emily, thank you for being here. And until next time, keep growing.